Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Start here. Talk to Recorded live. Those on Talk Shoot will be right there. On our way. Welcome to the jungle. This is the John and Paul Show. Brought to you by adventuresinministry.com, where you find the free resources, the app, the website, the story. I'm reading the board. Uh, <laughs> and everything that you need for, for ministry, free. Uh, and January, coming to you, coming to a town near you, is the AIM Tours. So we are happy to be with you. John is getting a phone call. My name is Paul. I'm You'll be getting always too soon. Is John, and uh, this is the show. Who is calling us? That would be the uh, the university secretary. You know the the voicemail that they send out when there's an important announcement. Oh no! <laughs> you know what we call that? Someone died. <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna be alive. It's the death call. I don't know about that. Though. It is the death call. Do you not get those? No, I mean, what I'm saying is I don't know of anyone that's. Well, maybe there's not. Maybe it's just a, a thing. Okay. Uh, Brandon, Brandon's already commented already. He said he loves that we've changed out the TV for a projector. <laughs> uh, should, we, should we tell the truth? Sure, go ahead. We have a, a home. We have two studios. We have two studios, and we have uh, two homes. Oh, two. We have one homeschool program that happens every other Friday. Mm-hmm. So for that purpose, um, they use one of our classrooms that has our TV on the wall. So we use this on Fridays. Plus, it gives us a little different look for the jungle. That's right. John and Paul show. So that's what today is. Today's a ministry talk and um, other things um, uh, with uh, football talk at the very end. But uh, today's a special show, John. It is a special show. We're going to spend some time talking about um, a, a favorite event of ours that we like to talk about. Yes. I mean, nobody's ever heard us talk about it much. Never, but millions of people have seen parts of it. That's, that is absolutely correct. We are going to spend some time. We are going to talk about uh, exposure a little bit here. Uh, kind of attaching to our ministry talk, though, with what we've been, what we've been kind of talking about. Um, uh, that's, the, that's kind of uh, the beauty of it's going to be yes. that we're going to be doing. But we do want to mention uh, that for those that are around that are, that are planning on being here on Tuesday, um, if you're not planning on being here on Tuesday, we want you still to come. That's the Ministry Internship Fair. <laughs> that is the name of it. That is the name of it. Uh, it's going to be a great day. Uh, we start at 9 a.m. with uh, coffee and Krispy Kreme. And uh, that'll be from 9 to 10, sort of a meet and greet, get to know you, get things started up that morning. And uh, that's now for the students on campus that are watching this, this is for you too. So if you are. If you do not have a class at that time, feel free to come on over. We are going to be in Leicester Chapel all day, um, and it starts at 9. And then, of course, we'll be there for uh, Chapel, which my understanding is Brother Floyd Parker, Dr. Floyd Parker will be speaking in Chapel Dr. that day. So you're going to get the best, the best we got. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited about it. It's going to be really neat. Uh, and then we'll have um, um, Scott Bailey will be talking to us about um, the do's and don'ts of internship interns. Mm-hmm. And then we'll have lunch, and after that, then um, Daryl Powell will talk about ministering to your intern as they as you integrate them into your ministry. So it's going to be a it's going to be a really neat day. Uh, well, a few uh, panel class after that, and then um, of course do the interviewing uh, after lunch uh, about three o'clock, mm-hmm. and then uh, we will do dinner at five, and then done for the day. So you know we're going to pack it in from breakfast to dinner, and it's going to be a great day. Hey, definitely, it's going to be a great day. We got a bunch of people joining us. A bunch of people have already said. Uh, Brandon Edwards just said, "Could we send him a couple of interns that are okay with living 13 hours away from where they go to school?" 
We we had some in Texas last night. Yeah, Brandon. So we will so. we will get you some out there. I'm sure we could. In say, fact, we can get your dad to come to the interview. Only process. only Brandon is probably capable of understanding and knowing how to make this happen. We could do like a a a, um, a video um, interview um, interview. Yeah, we could do. You that. You could do that. We'll set you up a screen on yeah. a table and I'll come by and talk to him. We would do that for you. Even Wes Air said he needs a place of residency for Monday night. Got you covered. And uh, Lee Lee's joining us. Hey Lee. Hello Lee. Hope hope you're enjoying your Friday off. Or maybe your work. I don't know what you're doing. Yeah, it's, it's all right. It's a Friday. It is all right. It is a Friday. So hopefully, hopefully everybody's planning to be there on Tuesday to be here for the ministry internship fair. It'll be a great time. Something trying to do um, on campus here that's now becoming a regular thing to uh, have you come down for a day, be able to interview some of the the best and brightest that, that Faulkner has to offer. And um, keep in mind, this is not just the guys; it's guys and girls. Yep. Uh, as they go out for summer internships. And yeah. So, so they're prepared for that. They'll be here for that. Absolutely. Um, well, Paul, one of our things we wanted to kind of talk about here this morning is is usually our next commercial that we kind of throw up, but we're going to kind of tie all this in together into one giant thing. Um, mm-hmm. In the last couple of weeks, we've been discussing about longevity, commitment. You know, there's different things. Um, and, of course, we've been talking about ministry and how you can do it and how you can keep up with everything and continue to um, roll with the punches and and have be at a place long enough to be able to really um, uh, affect some change and and to mm-hmm. to bring some change in people's lives and things like this. Um, one thing that you and I have been a part of, we've been a part of for uh, how many years have you been a part of? This is twenty, so I would say eighteen years. Eighteen years, 18 that, years. That, you, that you've been a part of. I came in on the third year. Came in on the third year. Um, this is my well, I guess I mean all of them. Technically, all I was there. Yeah, all of them. Twenty years. He planned every single one of them, folks. He might have been at all of them, but he planned them for sure. You got a lot of gray hair from it. That's all I got to say. Um, and that is Exposure Youth Camp. You know, twenty years. This is our twenty-year anniversary. Mm-hmm. That's why we decided to call uh, the theme this year Journey. Journey. Because um, talking about you know the longevity of things and the commitment of things, and you know when we think about works and we think about our ministry and things that we do, um, longevity also takes place on some of these things um, like this. See, Ryan Frederick just joined in. Ryan Frederick is uh, he's one of the founding people of First Exposure. First yeah, and uh, him and Joey Haynes uh, kind of yeah. getting it going in there. Um, that this, I, I wonder if Ryan comments on this. If he would he have ever ever would have thought that that exposure would be twenty years old this year. I'd like to know his thoughts on that. And uh, um, will there be Journey songs playing as the speakers walk out? Yes, Brandon, will. actually, Brandon, that was something we we talked about at our last yeah. meeting for for topics of could we t- somehow title them with Journey songs? <laughs> Don't stop believing. <laughs> I want to say something. Go ahead, but say I, it. I'm scared that people will go, oh, oh, say it. You're such a terrible liberal. Jesus said, "Don't stop believing." John Gordon. I feel like we'll get we'll get by with playing secular songs like that better than we would spiritual songs. Mm-hmm. We get in trouble for that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's just a just intro music. It's okay. Yeah, twenty twenty years in all this, Paul. And and would you think would you think uh, twenty years ago or, or twenty years ago like we are today? That one day we'll be playing videos before we get up on stage. No, do we even have cell phones? Or that we'd be again? dimming the lights? Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> or that people wouldn't be using a paper, a paper type Bible. They'll be using their their iPads, their, their phones, and stuff like that. Yeah. But we'd still have adults complaining about kids on their phones. Yeah, they're on their. Did phone. we even have phones twenty years ago? The lights were too. Yeah, they anyway, did. Did no, we? they weren't great. They were like little squares. They like the big boxes or something like yeah. the big the big box like, like a brick like um, Zach Morris used to use in in carry that thing around everywhere he went. <laughs> like how'd you battery that thing up in that locker? <laughs> I don't understand. You did it, uh, but we are going to be celebrating uh, twenty years up in there and and um, uh, doing of some of these things. And, and you know, we go back to the to the thing that we talk about in life. You know, you've heard this all your life. I know I have too. Life is not a sprint. It's a marathon. And we use the Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, you know, that passage about, you know, mm-hmm. continuing this life. And, or, or 2 Timothy 4, run the race with oh. endurance, all the tr- stuff that you're going for. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so that's why we kind of thought we would tie all this in together here. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, because uh, as we're, we're going to be 
sharing the message of the legacy we leave behind. You, when you think about a journey, you you turn back to see where you came from, what, what where your your start start things are when it comes to to life and other things. And um, I do want to turn your attention, if you don't mind, uh, if you're listening to us or watching us, or whatever. Um, the, if you go to the website, don't be um, don't be misunderstood on on the website. Uh, back in the day, it used to be ExposureYouthCamp.net. If you go there, it's like a financial camp website. Don't do that. Go to um, um, Adventure. Sorry. Go to ExposureYouthCamp.com and just sit there and watch it because you see all the different Polaroids of people mm-hmm. in the past we've gathered. And thank you to Daniel uh, Curington and his team, who by the way met yesterday. So I hope they, hope that went well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll hear about that later today. I'm sure we called him and he didn't answer. That's right. So that's, thank that's you, it. Daniel. Appreciate so they were it. really busy. They're really busy. Yeah. So, so it's pretty. It's just kind of. I kind of set it back to look at just all the pictures that come across. Um, it's the journey. Because it is. It is. You know, it's things that happen, and you take pictures of special events, and and we've had a lot of special events, and this is the twentieth of this one. Uh, but yeah, we we kind of look back to see what has happened. We learn from our mistakes, but we look to the future, and hopefully, some wisdom has been gained, and obviously, some knowledge has been gained, mm-hmm. and so we take that and look towards the future and make it a better a better opportunity for those around us. You know, you said something about a second ago, and we were joking about, you know, who'd ever thought about, like, paper, you'd use phones for your Bible and things like this. There's a lot of things that have changed. I remember the first, you know, going and leading singing at, at, at Exposure, and we had the old um, transparencies. John Gordon will know what I'm talking about, because I think I stole a lot of them from him. In the Azalea room. <laughs> I was sitting on the floor. <laughs> Is that when you did that? Packed, man. Oh man, that thing was packed. Oh, that's right. You weren't in. You weren't in Tuscaloosa with a no. with a Sheraton. Oh my that's goodness. Uh, it, it was it was nuts that um, you know we were using transparencies up there and having to throw one off to get the other one on and try to hurry and and um, I remember that. It's crazy. It, it, it's it's. It is. There are a lot of things that change in life, and in our lives, there are a lot of things that change. You're not the same person today at 40-something that you were at 20-something. At least we hope that you're not. Thank you for the something. Yeah, see, I'm trying to help you out there. Um, You know, we do change. We do mature. There are things that, that we learn. There are things that we grow with. And that's the way you kind of see this biblical journey and this life that we do, this Christian life that we have. We start out as babies, and, you know, the Bible describes that we start out as babies, we drink this milk, and then we hopefully grow up to where we can handle meat and and be able to mature in this life journey. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people see see the journey, as you mentioned earlier, about uh, James 1, uh, James 1, 2, kind of all joy when I face trials and tribulations. And I teach on that, I explain that, but... But when you sit down by yourself with your Bible and and you're you're studying, you're thinking, uh, why should I be so happy when things are so bad? Well, it's because God believes you'll overcome. I get that. I understand that. Uh, hopefully, we're all living that way. But it doesn't make the the, the tough things you deal with any better. Correct. Uh, it doesn't make them any easier um, unless you go back to that. You go back to the foundational understanding that God is in control. Um, God didn't make this happen, didn't make that happen. He allowed things to happen, and he still watches over us. Yeah. And, um, and I think um, uh, things have occurred in, in both of our lives um, that, mm-hmm. that have affected us and uh, has affected our ministry. It has affected our style of ministry and, mm-hmm. and even the way in which we treat our, our children and um, our families and, and our friends and and just uh, and church people, and so you, you learn from things, but but uh, at the same time, um, it sounds like I'm I'm just I'm I'm wasting time on this. You're not. Um, there are things that we deal with, and, and you ask the question why, and um, mm-hmm. and so now I'm going to get into something that uh, I've never shared uh, on this show, um, but my home church no or some no, but I will say this. Uh, we have uh, Stephanie and I have been married now for it's funny almost twenty years. Y'all are old. Yeah. You're an old couple. We're, we're almost as old as exposure. <laughs> That's it. We're almost twenty years old. Um, so, uh, but we do. We celebrate twenty years this next summer, and uh, and we waited ten years before having kids. And so that, that yeah, I remember cool. when y'all were pregnant with Laney. Yeah, at uh, exposure was opening up those stairs at the embassy. <laughs> So uh, uh, that was one of those things, but um, but yeah. Uh, so Lainey is now um, close enough to ten; she'll be ten in January, just after exposure. Um, and then three years ago, we had um, 
uh, our other child, our, our final child. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Lord, please help us. I know you are. Uh, uh, Tyler. Tyler uh, will teepee, will tie, um, who uh, has had uh, some challenges um, in his life, and um, and we have um, had had him tested for these challenges. He is three, um, and he does not, I'm not sure if I'd say cannot, he does not put two syllables together. Uh, he'll say, da, 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 he'll say, ma, mom. Um, but he can't put a sentence together yet. He's three, and most three-year-olds are doing that. Um, we've had him tested for um, for um, things uh, as far as um, autism are concerned. Uh, some say that he has autism, uh, and some say that he does not. Uh, he's a cuddle, bu- cuddle bug. He, he loves people. Yeah, he does. Uh, he's, <laughs> yeah, he does. He's got the cutest <laughs> smile, man. He's got this cracked smile. It drives me nuts. Because <laughs> uh, I see myself in, in, in him. Um, but, uh, you know, anyway, he, um, he's, he's a special kid and, um, and our situation, our son is, is, um, is, is not the worst case that could, could occur. A lot of people are dealing with much more uh, and bigger struggles in life. Um, uh, but this to a certain degree is a struggle, mm-hmm. you know, cause sometimes, uh, he'll put you fit and we don't know why. And, uh, in most cases it's probably cause he can't communicate himself well, um, like he wants to. And that, that's what we're told. If he puts you to fit it's because, He's trying to communicate with you, and he can't. And so, so that's something that we're dealing with. And um, and uh, he he goes to um, just just speaking from the heart on this one. Um, he uh, we take him. I take him to um, speech therapy every mo- Monday morning. And um, and they tell me that he he continues to do well and um, continues to progress. Um, we don't see a fast progression, but we know it's there. And um, but but instead of looking at this as a struggle, and instead of looking at this as a uh, oh my goodness why is this happening to us, uh, and as a downfall, we need to look at it as a blessing that uh, God feels like James one two God feels like that we are aptly qualified to be able to handle this situation. Now there's a balance that goes here and. Um, and we probably need to get some other more qualified people to talk about this situation. But I would say, um, um, I don't, I don't want to say this. Um, I would say that um, that uh, Tyler is a blessing in our lives, and um, mm-hmm. and it's going to be he's going to be just fine. Uh, he has different different um goals that will be set for him and he has different um things that he will be able to do uh but um and we don't know everything yet we're still working on it uh we're still in the process of testing mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and seeing what happens and and i'm told you know it could be in a year or two or even tomorrow he could just start talking like crazy mm-hmm. you know and, and that's gonna be great but if it doesn't i need to understand and know that that um there's a reason why why this has happened and it doesn't mean we're bad people uh, maybe it means that God believes that we can, we, we're qualified to help him or to at least learn how to help him. And so, so that, that's where we are. And so when we talk about the journey and it kind of turns the table here on this a little bit. When we talk about the journey, we realize there are things that uh, we say we struggle with, but is it truly a struggle? Is it a challenge God has given to us to, to overcome and to become better people and, and to have a stronger character and a better Christian outlook because of the things that we deal with in our life. And uh, so, uh, I think this kind of goes goes, in, goes with the whole journey thing. Um, so, so when it talks about the trials of life, um, we shouldn't be looking at it as a trial. We should look at it as an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you said something uh, earlier that um, I think is very telling. That there are a lot of things, that, and we, maybe we don't think about this a lot in ministry. And I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm about to go somewhere that's that's nuts and crazy and and if I am, you you shut me up, which you normally do anyway. No problem. Yeah, I'll, I'll trust in you. <laughs> um, if, and that's the fact that as ministers and involved in ministry, you cannot help but your ministry be affected by the things that you experience in your life. Mm-hmm. And I, and maybe there's sometimes we have a disconnect there because you know we don't want to 
you don't want to get up and have to always tell about what you're dealing with and how you're struggling with. And, and sometimes we get tired of preachers that are up there and that's everything's about their life and, you know, and the things that they do. But, um, but that's kind of where they gear their illustrations from. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. How else are they going to, you want to know who they are. Let yeah. Them, let them be who they are. And to say, Hey, look, you get, you got some of the exact same struggles and things like that. Yeah, it's personal. Um, yeah. that we do. And, and like you said, both of us have some things in your life and, and I've seen you over these last couple of years, even in things that you've experienced, you know, because of, and how your ministry has changed, um, you know, it hasn't, for the most part, you know, it's still generally the same, but there are certain things and certain aspects that you have done in ministry that have changed because of just this experience that you've had, you know, um, from having Laney to, to having Ty and, and some of these things, that we are affected by these um, events that we have. Um, I've done some research on, you know, the journeys of faith and the different stages of faith. And it's, you know, we see this a lot, like, and you see it a lot, like when you have high school kids and they become Christians and they're just on fire. And then, and then they, maybe they even come off to college and we see this take place on college campus. They, it's almost like they have a new um, vision of, of what religion and Christianity is about. And they have this new founded faith and this new founded journey. And those are different stages of faith. But one thing that research seems to point out is you don't cross over to some of these bigger stages of your faith journey until you have moments like this. Hmm. And, and, and I like this that Brett Thomas uh, added in here from um, uh, the Butterfly Circus. He says, the greater the struggle, the more glorious the triumph. You know, when you think about people, think about Abraham. You know, we like to think about Abraham as the father of the faithful, right? And I'm about to pull a Dr. Uh, Bailey out on this, Dr. Randall Bailey out on this one here. But we always think about him as father of faithful. Why? Because God comes to him and he calls him in Genesis chapter 12 and he says, hey, I want you to go to this land that you don't know and I'm going to just take care of you. And that, well, how do we preach it? We always preach it what? Okay, Abraham gets up and he goes. Mm -hmm. Mm, But the problem is, he messes up along the way. God says, leave your family. What does he do? He goes to his family. Um, there is uh, a famine in a land. Instead of trusting God, you know, like we always say, trust God, have faith. What does he do? He goes to Egypt. And then when he goes to Egypt, he kind of half lies about his wife. I mean, mm-hmm. so here's a man that struggled. But half lie. Half lie. Don't you love that? Half is funny. Half, half lie. Half, half funny. Sure, half lie. Uh, but Eventually, God says, you are the father of faithful because now I know Genesis 22, getting ready to go sacrifice Isaac and things like that. So, yeah, it, it is. There are these moments in our lives that change us and that affect us. Right. And, and you know. First of all, don't forget, and I know we, we wanted this to sort of parallel exposure with, um, with this part of ministry, but uh, it's getting kind of personal on a different level. Uh, when you see someone in the pulpit, Please understand that he more than likely has a wife and a family and huh. and struggles and things he has to deal with mm-hmm. day to day. And I'm sure something else is probably in his mind, mm-hmm. something else he's dealing with while he's trying to present the gospel to you on Sundays uh, or teaching to your classes on Sunday or Wednesday. And just know that he's he's got life he's dealing with too. And so, um, um, you know, life happens. Mm-hmm. And it happens to the guy on stage as well. Mm-hmm. And, um, and and not just him, but the guy in the youth room. And... and um, and the, the the college students they're helping to minister. Yep. You know they're dealing with with school and drama and trust me, drama <laughs> and and tests and drama and in high school and, and, and finals and relationship <laughs> situations and and all, yeah and all kinds of things that um that are going on. I mean, there's you know we're talking about the glass house. It's the glass house because a lot of folks put them in that. Mm-hmm. You know they are living their life and they want to be um a part of the church. They want to be a part of the situation. They're not here to administer. They're here to be a part of. And so let that, let that happen. That's something you really, you know, you, you kind of hit home on some things like that, Paul. When when ministers are people too, preachers are people too, youth ministers, college ministers, and, and anybody that's involved in ministry, even if it's not in a paid position, but you're helping out, they are people too, and they have struggles too, and they have things that they are dealing with. And sometimes we we may unfairly – like you said, we put them in that glass house. Oh, that's a cool picture. Um, put us in that glass house. No, it's not. <laughs> and and we're kind of left um, trying to be perfect when we're imperfect people. Yeah. Yeah. And, that's a good point. And we're really imperfect point. people. And, uh, you know, made by the same God. 
Absolutely. Uh, living on the same earth. And I think where preachers get in trouble, and you tell me if, you're, if I'm right or wrong with this, and boy, we'll go in some major circle here in a second. Um, I think some people get in trouble in ministry-wise when they, I'm not going to, I'm not sure if it's arrogance or what, but wrongfully think, oh, yes, I have it all together because I'm a preacher or I'm a minister and I have it all together. And that's when Satan's like, okay, big boy. Let's see how strong you really are. I know students and I know preachers and youth ministers that struggle because they think they have it together. Yeah. And they pretend like they don't. Ah. But they don't. Ah. It's almost obvious. And when a guy comes across and, and carries himself in a certain way and has certain language he says and, and, and um, you know, talks about certain things, and, um, you know, you can just tell, dude, you are so stuck on yourself. And, and they lose opportunities because of it. They do. And um, from, from, a, from a perspective, uh, from a college perspective standpoint, teaching youth and family ministry here on Faulkner's campus and being around other, other, other students on, on campus as well, and you can speak to this as well, mm-hmm. there are people that act certain ways that you almost don't want to be near them yep. because of that. I'm not, and again, I don't want to turn into that person, but, um, you know, college students, they know who Paul Sperlin and John Podine are here on campus. They do. Mm-hmm. And the fact is, if if they come across as kind of a, kind of a punk, you know, it, it makes it difficult to want to help them. Mm-hmm. And, and, and let's be honest. You know, we have an opportunity to help people advance in ministry. Mm-hmm. We do, and, and uh, because of our experience and our contacts, and, and we want to help them, but I want to help someone who wants to help others, not someone who wants to help themselves. Mm-hmm. So, so we become, sorry, almost kind of like, um, I wouldn't say like a, just a really mean person, but we become kind of very selective mm-hmm. uh, because we look at the heart. Because, uh, and that's even a chapter of something we talk about even in, in the class in um and a preacher in his local work, youth minister in his local work, is you have to have a heart for ministry. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you right now, people can see through the chest, and they can see straight to your heart, and they know exactly whether you do or not, because by the way you talk, by the way you speak, by, that's the same thing, by, by, <laughs> by, the, by the way you, you communicate with people and carry yourself, you can see that. And if you don't have it, it's not going to work. The same is true with, with interviewing. You know, next Tuesday is going to be very interesting to see how that works works mm-hmm. out because we have some students. Most of them are awesome. We got a couple that that honestly think that they're they deserve it, and 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 we're going to see. And you know what? It takes experience to fix that, and that's yeah. what it's all about. You know, <laughs> sorry. No, I, love, I get on something. Like, yeah, Paul's getting preaching over here. He's about to. Oh, he's throwing things, folks. I'm in trouble. Uh, listen to what Brandon had to say. I find I find my lowest moment of faith always has to do when I am held to a different standard than those who often accuse me yeah. and being held to that. Mm-hmm. The thing I have found in life, and part of this maybe because of my own life experiences and maybe another show since we'll, we'll talk about that, <laughs> is that the people who have experienced the most struggle, whether it is self-inflicted, whether it is just because of life, it just happens and, and it's not because of any fault of anybody else's. Um, sometimes it is. If the people who show who are the most gracious, gracious are the ones who mm-hmm. have been in the pit, whether it's in their faith, whether it's in their ministry, whether it's in um, life, whatever it is, when they have been in the pit, those are the people that I have found that show the most grace to other people. And 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 you can see the people who want to fake the grace, right? But and so it goes back to that heart thing, and part of going through this commitment and the longevity of of, of being in ministry and being in life is that yes, Paul says it's not a sprint; it is a marathon. It is a it is a thing, and at the end of the life, we can look back and we say, "Ooh, I fought the good fight. I, I finished my race." I finished the course that's been laid out here before me, and now I'm ready to get my crown of righteousness that that's here, but not just for me, but for everyone that is there. And that's you know that's part of what we struggle with and go with. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact is, you're not in this by yourself. You know, and I'm not just saying God is with you. I'm saying there are people on this earth who love you, mm-hmm. and there are people who do support you, and and you need to be near those people. And let that happen. Um, there's no way I could do this, what I do with our family without Stephanie, honestly. Oh, she's, sure. She's amazing. She's awesome. And um, and she's not watching right now. So I'm she's not. Saying. Yeah, she's not. So, you said this uh, without her watching. Without her watching, yeah. But, um, but I, I just um, – I'm a texter. She's incredible. But we're there for one another. We um, 
uh, sort of feed off one another's personality. We're a lot alike at that, and um, she's amazing. And so, so um, partnerships important, um, but it's not just in a marriage, but it's also in ministry. It's in friendships and it's in opportunities. And so, um, mm-hmm. uh, take advantage of what's there and uh, make it make it worth it. Uh, Raul Ferris says, "Seems if someone is full of themselves, they need to look again at Luke nine twenty three. Oh, yeah." Uh, That's good. A guy, a friend of mine from Calhoun, which, uh, you know, uh, he said, you know, love you. I love you too, Roxy and Freddie. Uh, and, 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 and here's the thing, you know, you said with people, you know, um, with some of the struggles I've had in life and you talking about with ministry is having a strong church and it doesn't have to be a big one. It doesn't have to have 4,000 members or whatever. It could be something. I wouldn't have gotten through some of the things I've got through in life if it hadn't been for the people in the church at Calhoun. And we don't even know a church of four thousand people. So I, I don't know. There's that. <laughs> uh, but but it, 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 I wouldn't have gotten through what I got through right. if it hadn't been for them and and yeah. really being an axe church, you mm-hmm. know, uh, yeah. a church that came through on some things. And That's so, um, you know, so let me encourage you. You know, you know, we all we always say this: don't judge a book by covering to you walk a mile in their shoe or whatever those things are. I just combine like two or Aren't three different things. Yet. No, no, I'm not going to say that again. Don't judge a book by its cover until you've walked like until a mile. you walked a mile in its shoes. <laughs> don't don't um, read a chapter until you've um, looked at the back cover to make sure it ends well. <laughs> but that, that is true. Though. I know you, you know you know people true. people need to understand. Yeah. Until <laughs> you until you're sitting in their situation, yeah. you you may need to give a little bit of grace, give exactly. the benefit of the doubt, and some things. If God can give grace. Why can't we? Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, Brandon said this perfectly. He said, there's almost a perception that a minister can't struggle or have issues. If he can't be sensitive to people's complaints, but must always take the high road, it's easy to, to feel alone when everyone else has someone to open up to. Nail on the head, and he drove it in. Yes, he did. Very good. Yes, awesome. he did. And I mean, love that guy. That That is, that's absolutely, we are people. Mm-hmm. And you have struggles. I have struggles. Everyone does. Absolutely. Sometimes they're self-inflicted. Sometimes they're not. Uh, regardless, we do have a God that watches over us, and we can Amen. turn to always. And so. so if you want to hear more about these things, come to Exposure this year. Sure. Uh, December twenty we'll seventh. Talking about the journey. Will we talk about journey on on stage? Yes, we will. We're actually yeah. going to talk about the journey together of what exposures. We are literally. So if you have not registered, we'd love for you to come and be a part of the other sixteen hundred and sixty people. We'd love well, for you to. There'll be more than that. There will be more than that. There'll be more than that. Yes, we're getting to twenty two fifty. I'm telling you. Well, we won't. But we'll get close. Five hundred and ninety more to go. Nope. Two thousand. So while we're still talking about exposure just a little bit, and I don't see the clock, I see the clock. We're okay. Um, there's a few aspects of exposure per se we would like to mention and talk about, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there is the, or do we want to share that for another time? We'll share that for another time. We can share that another time. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's do that. Um, well, I guess should we just do that next Friday? Yeah, we can do that. We can do a little bit of the next Friday because Brandon just says he is not registered yet. Brandon, <sighs> you better get uh, on. Please do that. Raul Ferris talking about one of our good friends, Jeff Jenkins. He speaks about some of the stuff we've been talking about today. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because these are people that have experienced things. That's right. They've done it. And so they've come through. Mm-hmm. So it happens. Yeah. So while we're listening, I noticed that Raul is also a, a Texas guy. Mm-hmm. Brandon, you need, to, you need to get Raul on the, on the exposure uh, train to, um, yeah. to Huntsville. Johnny, come on Expo over. Expo bus. And be a, be a part of it. The Expo bus. <laughs> Twelve-hour drive, the Expo <laughs> Express. What do you think? He says it's a twelve-hour drive. I have to sell this event like none other. Once they come, though, we need we need to you get know him. That, that happens. We need to get him some some talking points. Maybe that's what we'll do next week. Next week, we'll give you some stuff. We'll give you It'll some talking points, Brandon. Although you've been there, you know it's like. But yeah, we'll we'll talk about some stuff next week. Yes. That's, that's a really good idea. Yes. Um. Okay. Well, John. Well. <laughs> We're not there. No, there's We're not there. We're not over. This has been a good show. This has been a really good show. Great. But John's in honor of um, combination drink. uh, From Texas, it may need an expo plane. We'll work on that. Well, John. We'll work on that. (laughs) (laughs) We we know a guy. I'm not not sure if he'll. We'll work on that. Um, In honor of college football. Dr. Pepper here? Oh, yeah, because uh, I'm like, what are you, are you doing? wondering what I was going You're in honor of something. Why are you holding up the combination drink that all, all it does is add pounds, not for you, but for others. Drives me nuts. 
<laughs> anyway. Um, yes, Brant, Larry Culpepper. That's right. Yeah. Um, let me ask you this. As we kind of switch over here and we're talking about longevity, commitment, and all this other stuff. Yeah. What in the world? Where in the world did the college football people get their top four? Well, first of all, they were right on number one and two. We were right, yes. No, no, no. They, 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 they were right yeah. on one and two. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, how about there's no respect for the for the um, unbeatens with uh, Miami and Wisconsin in, what, around ten, nine and ten, I think? So eight, eight nine, ten. I know Wisconsin was ten. I, I didn't even understand that at all. Uh, I'm kind of I guess, shocked. You know, you're talking about Big 12. You're talking about uh, Big 10. You're talking about um, – you know schedules and and I, you know Wisconsin hadn't played hadn't played Penn State yet or Ohio State yet, so I, I get that. I, I understand. I mean, I can see that, and I can understand a little bit with Miami, even the way that they're barely getting by. I get well, they're that. in the ACC, and they haven't played Clemson yet. Uh, I mean, that, that's I, the strength you're right. at this right. point. Uh, but you know, well, they beat North Carolina State, didn't they? I don't think they played Miami State. did. State. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They did last week. Oh, they're getting by. Did they not? I think it was like, what, like 24 to like 19? The thing is, they're getting by in all these games. Florida State, they barely got by at the last second. They get, you know, all these things is, is, is yeah, but that's a, you can't say, that's a rivalry game. You can't, you can't compare that and qualify that as a I am just game. shocked. I'm somewhat shocked with Notre what Dame. What are you the most shocked by the, by the, by the uh, playoff? Uh, Clemson. Clemson? I am so shocked. Defending their national championship, they've only lost one game. They lost a game. Pretty scrappy Syracuse. To Syracuse. And I go back, I would go back to to Ohio State's loss is a better loss, and they have a bigger win than Clemson has, and yet they voted Clemson over Ohio State. Which proves proves that Oklahoma should be ranked higher than Ohio State. I have no problem with that. I'm kind of shocked that happened. No, I have no problem with it either. I'm shocked they came up with that. Because um, last year the head-to-head didn't work. No, it didn't. The head-to-head didn't help Penn State at all. But this year it is. They are correcting the wrong last year. Maybe they are. But I am shocked because Clemson's loss to a four and was a four and three Syracuse. They are really putting a lot of stock in a lot of stock in. Yeah. Kelly Bryant being out in that game. Do they do they make those choices? Do they make those thoughts based on injuries? Or based on um, team, I mean, how else, I guess so. I guess how else can you explain Clemson being up there that high? I'm not saying they don't deserve, and I think they'll be there at the end of the year. Don't get me wrong. I said that on Monday's show. Who else do they play? They got the championship game. Who's that? Is that Miami, maybe? Probably Miami. I and there. No, it wouldn't be. Um, so they, 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 got, they got at least something to go with. But I'm still just blown away. I would have put Ohio State, even possibly Oklahoma, up there versus even Penn State. Penn State's yeah, loss we, we like is, State is better. Is yeah. they one point loss to Ohio State? That's true. And you're jumping Clemson up to a, who lost to a four and three Syracuse. I, I that just I'm sorry Clemson fans, and I, I do think Clemson will be there at the end of the year. But they're the defending national champions, and if we know they're going to be there at the end, why, why bother? Let's go ahead and get them up there. We had them in the top six. We had them. Were, were they not we did. five? We had them close. Uh, we had so them we close. didn't miss that by much. No, no. It's just, I guess, are you shocked at Notre Dame's jump? Yes, I am. But I'm not shocked because all my whole life, the entire NCAA loves Notre Dame. It doesn't matter who they play or who they don't play. The only game they play is the game they lost. I mean, I mean, seriously, who are they playing? I mean, I mean, I think they played Wake Forest, maybe. Who, who Notre Dame? Yeah. Well, they played USC. They played Georgia. They lost to Georgia. Where's USC now? What uh, are they right? Like, they're like us. They're not in. Mm-hmm. So at all. So <laughs> I get you. Please help me understand I why get, Notre Dame is there. I get you because it's the exact same argument that that people were making against Alabama. Oh, Alabama beat Florida State. Well, look at Florida State now. They're not even up there anymore. They're like two and twelve. But Notre Dame is fighting against the system. I, they won't even be in a conference. I know. For football. I know. Aren't they in the ACC in basketball? They are. That doesn't make any sense to me. Mm-hmm. What is the deal? Well, they're rewarding them for that. What they're doing is they're pushing out three Power Five conferences. And that's what Brett said. Brett said that NC State and Notre Dame are going to take care of the ACC out of playoffs. They messed up by putting Georgia number one. And we did it too. Mm-hmm. But but uh, because we, according to the um, Vegas, the, the, uh, the metrics of it all, uh, obviously, I get that. But what they did is they put Georgia in a place that if Alabama 
does beat Georgia. Mm-hmm. At this point, being number two, mm-hmm. it keeps both those mm-hmm. in in the odds for both making it to the playoff. Yep. If Alabama's number one, Georgia number two, Georgia loses. Georgia most likely out. Yeah. So, well, so I, I thank you, committee, for allowing the SEC to control the the playoff. Well, before we get to that point, I think, um, I, I think Alabama will jump Georgia. I think that before they get to the SEC championship game, I think Alabama will jump Georgia. Um, in that, because uh, look, Saban's going to use this. He's going to, as much as he wants to talk about it being rat poison or whatever. The, the best thing that could have happened to Alabama is to be number two. Oh yeah, because they feel disrespected. Uh, I feel and, so bad for LSU. And right LSU's now. coming up here this weekend, and mm. so it, it's. And we're going to talk about that game here um, in a little bit. Out of our top five games that we have that we have up here, which is the one that you are. Um, uh, um, that you're that you're just most excited that, that you think is the most exciting, interesting game of up, up there on the board. And don't look at the 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 uh, lines. Just tell it. me not to not to talk about Alabama. I, I, it can't be the Alabama game because Alabama fan. It can't be that game. Okay. Um. So what we have. Let me just tell everybody what we have on the board. Uh, we have Auburn going to Texas A&M, at 11 a.m. game at 2:30. We got South Carolina, um, going. Uh, between the hedges, they're taking on the dogs, Georgia. And then we have Clemson going to NC State. And then we have, um, and I know Tyler just can't wait for me to say this. Uh, he's waiting. Bedlam with Oklahoma going to take on the Cowboys of Oki State. And Tyler mm. will be shocked and maybe bewildered and excited because that is the game I can't wait to watch. Oh, that'll be interesting. I want to see Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. The line is so small, it's so short. Um, they're giving Oklahoma State the edge, the 2.5 edge. Mostly it has to be because they're home. I can't think of any other reason. But um, anyway, we'll give our picks on that one in just a little bit. But uh, that's one I'm outside of the Bama game because obviously I'm always inside of that game. Uh, I would say the uh, Oklahoma Oklahoma State game. Bedlam. You got you got uh, Thomas Gardner has asking really Paul if Alabama beats Georgia really. Wow. We can't assume too much. I do like this. this and, I love Thomas. As much as I do, I want to disagree with what Hello, Brett's Roger. saying here. Um, said it's very possible to have two SEC teams, one Big Ten and Notre Dame in the playoffs. That means leaving three of the five power conferences out. And he said that happens. We'll have an 18 playoff next year. I do not want 18 no. playoff. It will not happen. I do not want an 18. It won't playoff. happen. Brett, I love you. It won't happen. I think it would have, you would need to knock out. I think you need at least two or three years. Of uh, power fives out before um, there's a chance of any change. change. Before any change, I don't want eight teams. Uh, I mean, they had I to don't. have known that that crisis and craziness would happen, and you wouldn't get. You got five. You're always going to miss somebody. Sure. So, um, so yeah, I, I don't. One year doesn't do it. Yeah, but that's in my opinion. Let's talk about these games here coming up this week. Um, we could start with the top game that you have up there, Auburn at Texas A&M, 11 a.m. game out there in College Station, Texas. Auburn is a 15-point favorite going into that game. What say you, Mr. Sperling? What a great venue, by the way. Oh, it's an awesome venue. Oh, man. The 12th man. Mm-hmm. It's, it's our hard I miss the game. old stadium. Even though I know when they try to redo some of the things and when they were making the renovations, they try to keep it the same. Mm-hmm. There was something, and when you'd watch it, even on TV, I've never been to – Never seen a game at Texas A&M. I would love to in the old stadium. Mm-hmm. When they start swaying, yeah. I, I, yeah, I heard it was like a crazy, crazy sight. But still try. I know, but it's not the same. No, not the same. Not the same. Here's the deal. You have two teams who have sort of a – sort of a uh, – who have two personalities each. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you have um, the, um, the Jekyll and Hyde mentality. And, um yes. Both sometimes Texas A&M comes out and looks awesome. Yes. And sometimes they lay an egg. Well, like what Texas A&M did last week against Mississippi State, and I think reopens the question about someone staying there. Man. People, people are up there again. And you get the same thing with Gus Malzahn. They're talking – now, you're talking about a whole different topic right now. We'll talk about that in the show. I have not but, mentioned coaches yet. I know, but we're going to. Um, but LSU has now reasserted themselves as a, uh, as a middle to top tier SEC team now. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Mississippi State destroyed LSU. They did. So, so, so Mullen's fine. Um, I mean, I mean um, I'm sorry. Uh, someone's fine. But, but Mullen and Mississippi State is fine. Um, so you have to give a little credit to Mississippi State because they have done some good things as well. Mm-hmm. 
both teams. I mean, I think Auburn by ten. I don't think they cover the fifteen. I don't, I don't it, think at all. You asked me that I think Auburn would cover, and I said it's going to depend on which Auburn team shows up. Mm-hmm. If that it's Auburn team, that shows up, yeah, yeah, it is the same truth that both. There is, and I think that's where people. I hope both awful teams show up in Auburn, <laughs> <laughs> or both. But I, hope I don't because I want Auburn to blow out yeah. Texas A&M to set up to set up next weekend's game. But then someone's going. If this, if Auburn covers, let's say they beat them by twenty-one. Someone gone? You, you think so? I I think in the, the end of the year. If 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 uh, James Franklin says yes, he's gone. Uh, like a New York. I don't minute. see James Franklin leaving. Why would he? Why would you leave? Why would you? The leave offer that? is on the table. You you, you can't avoid that. It's the SEC. It's SEC. For that, I don't know reason. why you go there. For that very reason, they won't. He won't go. It'll there. be so hard to win. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think, retires. I think yeah. Auburn wins. Auburn's dealing with Cameron Petway is out. He has a broken scapula. How long like is that? he out? It, that just says indefinitely. He'll be they, back for the Iron Bowl. They don't even know. Um, but and of course, our big running backs still carry on. Johnson That's true. But still, instead of I still I like Stidham okay. It, he still doesn't have any receivers except for a little white boy running around. He's not throwing it very often uh, because there's just nobody. So when he does, open. it's deep. It's only deep. It's only deep. There is nothing. And that's where I think some people are really getting frustrated with Malzahn. They're really – Auburn, the, the, the feeling in, on campus at Auburn, and I was there – when did I go the other day to eat lunch with Caitlin? Is that Tuesday? Friday. Did I go Tuesday or Tuesday? Tuesday. Went Tuesday. The feeling and the vibe on campus just from being there, and I'm not there all the time, is blah, get, get Malzahn gone. Yeah, blah. They're scared about the Georgia game. Uh, some of them are concerned about the Georgia game because – what what Auburn team is going to show up? I think Auburn. Who would wins. Auburn go for? I mean, we we got ten games to predict, so let's mm-hmm. be the first one. It is. I got. I, I pick Auburn. I, I think. I'm like you. I don't think they cover. Okay. Um, do we need, do we even need to give a, a score? Does it matter? Nah, we don't need. To give I'll a give one of the last one. Yeah, South Carolina, Georgia. Georgia is a 23 and a half point favorite at home. That blows me away. Got a shocker for you. You ready? Yep. They do not cover. I agree. They do not cover this game. I think Georgia wins this game. Yep. I think they win it handedly, probably by a couple of touchdowns, but I think they come out flat. Yep. I think they're looking forward to the Auburn game next week. Um, and I think everyone, every Georgia fan and their brother is waiting for um, Georgia to play that vanilla game where they look terrible, but they're still going to win because it's South Carolina. Come mm-hmm. on. I, I completely agree. I think they're living off of, ooh, we're number one. They've been hearing all this hype. They just blew out a bad Florida team uh, last week. And so um, I think I do. I think they come back flat. Uh, look, Will, Will Muschamp, he's got a lot of work still to do. I think he has matured a lot as a coach since when he was at Florida. Um, mm. uh, you know, he still has his outbursts or whatever like this. Settling in. Uh, but he is settling in at South Carolina. Um, I think he has some good things going there. But Georgia will not cover, but Georgia will win. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, most yeah. definitely. Yeah. Not that South Carolina is just a great juggernaut, but um, I think if Georgia does the 42-7 thing, uh, they keep number one for a while. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd be shocked. Mm-hmm. But, but you know, I, I hope they do. I hope they keep the two for a while. If Georgia comes and wins this game and wins it big and then goes back and goes into Auburn and blows them out, Georgia will be number one in the yeah. year. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think there's anything Alabama could do to overtake them. And then after um, Atlanta's over, then the, we'll be number one. Yeah. More. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, speaking of a little crazy. Okay. Clemson goes in there to North Carolina State uh, at the Wolfpack. And the Wolfpack, uh, or Clemson, is favored only, only by a touchdown and a half. Kind of shocked at that one. Yeah. Shocked at that one. Mm-hmm. I think Clemson covers and clever, covers big. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I, I don't want them to, but they will. I think Clemson covers big. Kelly Bronze back. He's he's a fine. He's but good. let me say this. Even though I said this will be the if there's an upset this week, this is the upset. Mm-hmm. This is the upset game. Mm. I think this is the upset game. Mm. Unless you think that last one is. <laughs> I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to think that. Yeah, let's do that. Okay, uh, Bedlam. Let's do this. Bedlam in Oklahoma. You got Oklahoma at OK State. Yeah. OK State is a two and a half point favorite. Tata. Cannot believe that. Um, Text you, me your score. Do you really think, which is basically, that's just an even game um, when you're yeah, talking about yeah, that. It is. Um, first of all, who would not bet 
this game if you're a betting person because three points. I mean, give me a break. That's a field goal in there. Um, yeah, Vegas I, didn't do anybody in favor. Yeah, by doing definitely that. didn't do that. Did, does Vegas really think that Oklahoma and Oklahoma State is that equal? Apparently so, and home up to them means a lot. Mm-hmm. But I think uh, Baker Mayfield means more. I think so, too. <laughs> I, I, I mean, if I'm picking, and I'll go ahead and do it, Oklahoma wins this game, I'd say about 10. Oh, here's Tyler coming in here. Going back seven, several years, OU has a better record at Stillwater against Cowboys than at Norman. And that's where they're going, and they still favored OK State by two and a half. I, I think you take yeah. Oklahoma big. You still like the home. I mean, uh, Vegas does, is what I'm saying. I mean, I, I don't think. Well, Baker Mayfield has reasserted himself, thanks to uh, some of the games yeah. last week, to be able to at least get into the Heisman talk. Um, hopefully that doesn't go to his head. If they go all the way and win the conference, yeah, he's definitely there. Yeah, he'll be in New York. But um, I agree with you. I think Oklahoma, Oklahoma big mm-hmm. with all of that. Um, and I, think, I don't know if I'd say big. I'd say 10. I think that may have a lot to do also with the Oklahoma State coach and what's going on in coaching carousels, because his name is being mentioned. He was mentioned at Florida. He was mentioned at some other things um, already. It's been a long time. Do you really think he cares? Well, apparently, from what I'm hearing, him and the big donor, Boone Pickens or whatever, the old tycoon, do not get along. Hmm. And um, so I- I'm hearing a lot of that, Pat. And guess what? I'm a man. <laughs> you know what? Uh, he and Tennessee would get along well. I think they would, actually. I know, I do. I can see I, I him think, at that I can see him at a – From one arch to another. He would be a good fit at, yeah. at, at Tennessee. I think no way he gets Florida. They've already made their hire. So. And that's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're done. We'll see. All right. LSU Bengal Tigers going Resurgent into Bengal Town. Yeah. Resurgent Bengal Tigers. Tuscaloosa taking on the Alabama Crimson Tide. What say you, John Pona? Who? Um, LSU is resurgent back. Mm-hmm. Um, they have played well. Darius Geis is playing well. Mm-hmm. LSU, guess what? Still doesn't have a quarterback. Um, mm-hmm. That game against Florida, Etling missed so many open receivers. Mm-hmm. So many open receivers. You know, I've just changed my thought from even being at the game, and I know you and I are going to disagree on this. I go back, and I do think Alabama covers. Alabama's Ooh. favored by 21. I think Alabama covers big time. I don't think – first of all, Yes, and what you're going to talk about with Darius guys, I'm going to let you talk about here. I think Alabama's defense is using that as a challenge. They're going to come back and ready to play, and um, they don't. LSU doesn't have anything else. Those jet sweeps are not going to work against Alabama. Okay, is that it? Yep. I think Alabama wins big, covers. Edling can throw the ball, and he will throw the ball because they will fill up the box, um, knowing that uh, that guys. You know, if you remember, and, and we do, we talked about this earlier, he was up for the Heisman before the season even started. He was a number one. LSU's going to be awesome. They're going to take the West. Do y'all, y'all remember these conversations? I, I wonder in the chat room if they're like, yeah, you're right. I mean, they did. They said LSU would win the West, and Geis would get the Heisman. Well, guess what? Geis got hurt. And guess what? Edling couldn't find, as you said, mm-hmm. his wife's receivers. Mm-hmm. Um, but guess what? Alabama always gets the best of who they play. And so what's going to happen is Edling is going to find his receivers, and Geis is going to run the ball. And um, he is now 100%. This is the first game he's been 100% all season since the, the, the injury. So we're going to get the best LSU has. Will it be enough? I don't think it'll be enough for them to win the game, but um, I do believe that Alabama obviously wins the game, but they will not cover. I have them at a 24-13 um, score. Um, so – it is what it is. We're still waiting on a passing game from Alabama, a consistent passing game. And uh, Tua Tavaloa, um, please, will you please come in and start throwing do you, the ball? Do you really need a passing game with the 95 running backs that you have? LSU's defense will stop our running game. I don't think so. All eight guys have trouble running. I don't think that's so. hard to say. I think first of all, first of all, first of all, let me ask you this: we have eight running backs. Since this is all recorded, and I can't believe that I'm actually saying this in here, um, who do you want to be right, me or you, in this game? I want to be you to be right. <laughs> I want to blow them out, man. I want to kill them. What are you I think about? I think Alabama wins by twenty-eight to thirty-five. Oh, if that happens and Georgia doesn't cover, Alabama's number one. Next I week. told you. I, I'm telling you. If that happens, won't happen. In Tuscaloosa, bring their best. night game. Oh, my goodness, it's a, it's a night game. It's a 7 o'clock start in T-Town. I hope they blow them out. 
they won't. Won't be a little tipsy for that game already? Probably. Mm. Wait, wait, me? I won't. Not be. you, oh, not me. Oh, I'm talking about there in Tuscaloosa. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I think, I think, I think. LSU has been playing above their heads on some things. I, I do think, you know, they want to come and step up here, but I think I really think Alabama covers and uh, covers big. Hope so. I know Full you time. do. But yeah, I know you do. Well, latest on the coaching, do you think, real quick, as we come here and close? Frost to Florida? You think so? Uh, yep. I'm not um, sure about that one still. I'm hearing many different rumblings. I like the Pirate. I like Mike Leach. Mm-mm. He'll I like never come to Florida. Not to Florida. I like him in Tennessee. Mike Leach at Tennessee. I like him in SEC. I think that's going to entertain our conference. I mean, he may do that. He, I could possibly see him at Texas. I mean, Texas A&M. If someone's gone, um, I hope he's not. I like someone. He seems like a a good dude. Oh my God. But uh, yeah, I like to see Leach in SEC. That'd be fun. Mike Leach to Tennessee. I don't care who. I don't care where. That uh, that would fit Tennessee. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I still think Gundy would fit better. I think you're right. The Gundy would be good, but but we want to. I just want to see another train wreck. It would be great. <laughs> it would be a train wreck. <laughs> Tennessee people would implode. Neyland <laughs> Staley Stadium would wreck. start, you know, feeling rumble. Lane Kiffin Part Two, oh Episode Two. Goodness, Lane Kiffin. Yeah. Um, it, not do him any. But let me tell you what what it, what this coaching search um, is showing though now. These big name play coaches that are having some NCAA baggage that's coming with them, schools are steering away from them because of the NCAA baggage. Yeah, and and rightfully so. They have to. rightfully that's what so. Chip Kelly from coming to SEC. Yeah, and, and it's going to keep him from coming to SEC because and it's yeah. not. I thought it was all the, the teams have to do it. The commissioner has to sign off on it. Um, has to sign off on mm. to doing it. So, um, I, I just don't think that's going to happen. I'm, yeah. Um. I don't know what's going to happen with Florida still. Um, a lot of people are very excited about, uh, and interested in the Oregon coach, Taggart. Well, I'm a lot of people are I'm interested in him. Um, um, he knows Florida. But uh, Charlie Strong, I think. It, it was one year. I Charlie Strong, I, I'm hearing more and more talk about him possibly, too. Yeah. I'm hearing more and more talk about him because, no he, will recruit, good. because he will recruit the mess out of, out of Florida. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so um, – I would say the leaders probably – you still got to try to go for that offensive guy because of the struggles that they have had, and there are more and more stories that are coming out of Colorado State and out of yeah. Florida right now that aren't painting a good picture on some of the mm-hmm. offensive issues that, that, these, that, that Florida had in particular. Um, but – I think you get past Frost. I think I think Charlie Strong is getting some big big push back up there. And I come to find out, the last time that um, we were going through looking for the coaching search and McElwain got picked, Strong would have come, but he that was only his first year out in Texas. Yeah, yeah. But being at Texas is different than being at South Florida. I agree. So I agree. So he would. Yep. If, if they called him, he would say. How soon do you want me there? I think so. He wouldn't even have to visit. Uh, you know, I'm there. The more and more I look at it, I do think so. If he can get there and convince them, I will hire a coach to do this offense yeah. and do it right. When are they going to improve their uh, facilities there, John? They are starting that, that work. Uh, I think it's at the end of the year. They're starting some stuff around the stadium. Of course, you know, they got the, they've got the um, um, – I would have them indoor contract. practice. If I'm looking for a job, if I'm somebody they're coming after, they won't. But if they do, maybe. Uh, but if they did, I would say I want my contract that you plan to have this facility up and running, you know, within so many t- so many years. They're supposed to, my understanding. And is- that I get so many years after that to prove myself because I can't coach with less than what your your Bamas and your Auburns and your Tennessees have. Um, and I haven't been inside Auburn's facility. I've been inside Alabama's and, and Tennessee's. They're pretty awesome. Well, I've been so, inside Auburn's uh, stuff, and and you know this, the renovations they did around the stadium and the things like that, and, and just really trying to improve the game day yeah. experience. Well, recruiting now is one thing, but recruiting with a new facility, yeah, that changes everything. It, changes it does. The game, so. it, it does. It does. So we will see. We'll continue to see what takes place. Yeah, and all that. Well, Paul. Well, John. Been another this has been the show. Uh, don't forget the internship fair happening this Tuesday at 9. If you plan to be part of that, shoot me an email at ps, I'm, I'm sorry, psperlin at faultner.edu. Adventures in Ministry, go to it. And for John Podine, I'm Paul Sperlin. This has been the John and Paul Show. 
Thank you for being here, and we'll see you next week. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.